Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Good evening. Welcome to Journeys in Faith. This is Ann DeSantis on Fiat Ministry Network. It's great to be here with you again on another Friday evening because I have a wonderful guest for you. His name is Jay Lampart. His website is jlampart.com. Be sure to check it out. He is a writer, a speaker, and he also does audio production. He has a beautiful faith journey and so much to share. So welcome, Jay. Thank you for joining us on Journeys in Faith. Thanks for having me, Ann. Appreciate being here. Now, you and I met a little while back at, at a conference because I'm actually a director for a nonprofit that helps families in crisis. And you are a revert to the Catholic faith. I would love for you to tell your story to our audience about how you reverted back to Catholicism. Absolutely. Yeah, we did. We met at the men's conference. It was actually shortly before, it was right before the, the, uh, the outbreak of, of the pandemic. So it was quite an interesting time. Um, yeah, so I'm a revert to the faith. I came back to the Catholic Church. I believe it's been seven years now. So I, I grew up in a um, you know Catholic home in New York and raised with a very strong faith. I was an altar server at a very young age, the youngest in our diocese, actually. And I walked away from the faith uh, through high school. I, I do tell some of that story in my book, and you can also watch my story on the journey home with Marcus Grodi. It's available through WTN. But uh, yeah, I came back, came back to the church, and my my wife is not Catholic. She's she's actually a convert, and probably more on fire than I am, as a matter of fact. Typically, seems to be the case. Um, and yeah, in the in the process of that, I wrote a book called Lost on Planet Triple X. Um, how the early church can solve the modern crisis of internet pornography because uh, pornography had been an issue. I'll tell you a, a good portion of my life and um, carried it into my marriage. And um, I just found through, through the church that there's, there's a way there's, there's a way out and there's hope for anybody, particularly in this day and age. Yes. I know that uh, you had shared that with me and I'm hoping that people who are watching this show can see how God has worked in your life to the point where you are really committed to, to your faith and committed to the Lord and have been able to walk away from that. And I know that it probably is a journey. It's not just a once and done, right? It's a constant turning to God, right? Um, tell us about the book and why did you write it? Okay, so I know it sounds a little trite, but there was, there was a moment where I was I, I just awoken at night and just I just felt this calling to do it. And I started writing it. It was probably one o'clock in the morning on, I remember it was a Tuesday <laughs> and um, I just started writing the intro and I didn't know where it was going to go, but I just knew that there, there were tools already in place that the church had put in place that can, that can help other men that are struggling with this particular issue. And um, again, you know, we recently had over the past two years, um, this period of, of isolation and a lack of physical contact. Um, you know, I released the book two years prior to that. Um, but since then, I tell you, in, in 2021, online alcohol sales went up 243%, I believe. Now, again, I brew beer for a living and I'm in the hospitality industry. So I, I see this stuff firsthand. Um, and I don't have any problem with 
people buying alcohol, but when you see the 243% increase, right, that says something. Same with cannabis, right? Cannabis went up 50% that year. And um, more alarming was a 12% increase in traffic on the uh, website Pornhub, which is one of the most popular um, porn websites out there. I mean, they have a giant cache of, of categories and different types of things. A 12% increase was also, uh, when was that? I think it was in February of 2021. In March of 2021, there were, I'm sorry, 2020, there were allegations of, of rape that came out from that website. And it didn't, it didn't um, influence the, it didn't change the fact that people were increasing the traffic to the website. So pornography is a sin of, it's a solitary sin. Um, you know, it's done under the cover of darkness, typically with the shade shut and the door shut. Um, it seems like a victimless crime, but that's not the case. And again, when we have a situation where we now have less physical contact and an increase in vice, you know, we're starting to see again with much younger people, um, as early as, you know, 10 and 11 years old that are being introduced to this. So it's, it's, a, it's a crisis. Um, the USCCB actually called it a public health crisis in their 2015 paper on pornography. Um, so I wrote the book, again, even prior to all this, just as, as a, just to sound the alarm to, to other men, uh, men of good faith that, hey, you know, this, there, there's a way to put a stop to this. So in the book, I present five different ways a person can um, can work toward um, purity. Yeah, that's what it's all about, you know, following the virtue, right, and not the vice, because that's what it comes down to. And thank you for just letting us know, because you know the crisis that you just described. It, it it's something that we all need to pray for. Really, is it's something we all need to think about, pray about, and also be aware of. So I thank you so much that you're able to share that with us. Now, what about, tell us a little bit about your family too. I know that you have three, three children and you're married. Um, how has the fact that you have turned more deeply into your faith and your wife, has that affected your family life and just your faith in general? A huge impact. I think one of the, one of the um, pivotal moments was the birth of my son. So I had two girls and you know, between us and, well, I guess anyone listening, I mean, I really, I really wanted to have another daughter when we, yeah, I was terrified to have a son because I just knew what I put my parents through and just this whole, um, you know, generational sin. And I just think about the men in my family and, and there, they I have a son now. And he was about two years old when I started to contemplate coming back into the church. The first time I walked and set foot into a Catholic church was on, uh, it was midnight mass. Of whatever I don't even remember the year. I, I believe it was two thousand. I think two thousand fifteen. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. And um, it was also another another thing that prompted me to write the book was just thinking about how you're raising a son in this world, and and you know, God forbid I wasn't here. Like, here's here's this tool you can have. Um, it was interesting. You know, we had gone through my daughters, my oldest daughter particularly. We were just church shopping for the longest time. We were part of a large evangelical church, which um, I, I stopped going for a couple of years. My daughter was always saying, well, how come daddy doesn't go to church anymore? <laughs> My wife was trying to explain to them why. And it was difficult because they were very young at the time. And um, I tell you, I remember there was the moment where I finally, after months and months and months of 
arguing and debating and talking with my wife about this, she agreed to, okay, let's, let's do this. And she hadn't come into the church yet, but we were baptizing her children. And um, I just remember, <laughs> I remember walking up to the, to the font and I was still at a point where I was like, you know, am I doing the right thing? And at that moment, I thought about Abraham and, you know, he, when he was at that moment where he just obeyed God and like, this is, this is it. I'm just going to obey because I have no, I had nothing left and nothing left to offer except my children. And that was a very, again, another very pivotal moment. And then I, I believe it was nine months later that my wife came into the church. And now again, we're parishioners of Christ the King. I'm on the parish council there. Um, do a lot of music stuff with them. I mean, very involved and uh, actually do a lot of work with the youth group now through uh, a program called Teen Star, where we teach children, uh, well, teens, uh, theology of the body, and it's a very interactive uh, class. Beautiful. I mean, you're a busy person between your work, the things that you're doing at church, and then you're an author and, and doing the audio production. So uh, I just you know, congratulate you and also thank you for your work that's helping to, you know, make this world a better place. And you mentioned the theology of the body. How has that also affected your faith? Because I know that we've interviewed so many people on this show and on the other podcasts that I do, uh, Sowing Hope, about um, how the theology of the body and that teaching has really made a big impact, especially for this topic of people who have been involved with pornography. Yeah, so I didn't know much about theology of the body when I came back into the church. I just started to, because uh, I was very well catechized as a kid. Um, I was very fortunate in the parish we were in it, and I, I just paid attention. But I forgot a lot of that, you know, deliberately um, through much, much of my teen years and, and even into my 20s. And um, when I came back into the church, you know, one of the things that really got me thinking was the whole issue of, of, of uh, contraception. And um, without having any knowledge of theology of the body, just just going back and reading the catechism and answering some questions, I realized that just if, if you really follow the tenements of, of our faith, theology of the body is, is woven right into it. So some of those tenements came out in the book without me even having an understanding of theology of the body. And when I started to learn about theology of the body, like through Christopher West's teaching and then learning it through Teen Star, it's like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, it's, it all makes sense. But again, if a person is just coming back into the faith or just considering it, you just go back and you look at the catechism, you ask good questions. It's, it's all woven into our faith. It's, yeah, it's that, that's a great point. I, I agree with you. I think it is really all woven in. But isn't it great that someone like John Paul II, St. John Paul II, and then Christopher West came in and you know further um, made it easier to read and made it easier to understand. So, uh, so thank you. Now, we do have to take a short break, so we will be right back here on Fiat Ministry Network with my guest, Jay Lampart. See you in a few. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. 
Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome back to Journeys in Faith. This is Ann DeSantis here with my guest Jay Lampart. Uh, On the first half of the show, he talked about his faith journey, a little bit about the things that he's involved with, all the different aspects of ministry and writing, and also even a little bit about theology of the body. And so I thought on this half of the show, Jay, we could focus on what's going on with your ministry now, and is there some kind of call to action in this year of 2022? I know that you are also a speaker and the book that you wrote, so tell us a little bit more about both. Sure. Yeah. So I mentioned this in the first half of the break, the USCCB calling pornography a public health crisis. Um, I know you do a lot of work with families in crisis, and you mentioned in the first half the importance of prayer. And I know that's something that's that's one of the first um, objectives that you um, advise families to, to engage in when they're facing a crisis. And we can look at pornography as a crisis. If, if you're dealing with uh, an adolescent or a teen in your household, and or even a spouse, right? That's um, that's been exposed to porn and maybe has. Um, I hate to use the word addiction. Uh, I think it's overused, but if they have a dependency on it, um, and maybe perhaps an addiction to it, um, begin with prayer. Accept the fact that you're dealing with a crisis and um, and seek help. Seek help from begin with a spiritual advisor, or priest. You might need counseling. Um, and with that, yeah, so I, I um, speak to groups of men particularly about this. Um, I, I find that con- confession is contagious. So what I'll do is I'll just tell a little bit of my story and then I'll find that other men in the room will say, hey, you know, I, I dealt with the same thing and da-da-da. And um, that leads to real, you know, the first steps of just beginning the healing process. I always tell men this too, that it's, it never gets easy, but it will get easier. <laughs> uh, and yeah. that's anything, right? Well, that's right. I was just thinking when you were talking about that, we, we think of the word addiction, right? And with that comes the idea in my mind that it's so hard to stop that it's almost impossible, right? But what you said, I think makes a lot of sense because, you know, as they say, with God, all things are possible, right? And for some people, there are good habits that we can get into that can be just as addictive, I think, right? So you get into that yes. good habit of prayer, good habit of reading scripture or meditating or spiritual direction. So I think we can just flip that around, right? We, I didn't know if you'd had anything to say about that. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because I, you know, I call that the final addiction too, is the addiction to, um, to the addiction itself, right? To um, breaking away from that addiction because it becomes an obsession and you start to see, there's that old saying, right? That there's a the devil behind the devil's under every rock. You start to think that everyone around you is dealing with the same thing, and that, and um, I, I talk a little bit about that that in the book as well. Um, and again, there's there's almost phases, right? Like you have the the, the five stages of of death, and and with this, you are essentially it, there. There is a there is a breaking away. There's there's a loss. There's a loss involved here, and there's there's real grief that comes with that. 
right? And again, whether we want to admit it or not, if you've had an affinity or a, a dependency on porn, it was the, the friend that picked you up when you were feeling down. Um, porn was always there for you, and now it's not there anymore. So you have to deal with the, the, the fact that, you know, there's a denial, right? Then there's, um, there's anger, there's eventually acceptance, but um, those five, in fact, there's an article, you can go back and look at uh, covenantize.com. I wrote an article about the, the five stages of grief and how um, porn really plays into that. Um, but yeah, the, the healing process just begins by admitting that you have a problem. I mean, one of three things is going to happen, right? You're either going to, if you keep doing it, you're going to either A, you're going to get caught, um, or, or B, you're going to have enough conviction to just know that, you know, if something's not right here. I got to stop. You know, you'll, you'll hit rock bottom. Mm. One of those I love the points. I love those points, especially the one about the five stages of death, because with anything in our lives, there's all kinds of like little deaths. It's not necessarily people, right? It could be some kind of an addiction or something else in our lives. So, and even when change happens, right? There's a death when some kind of a change happens in our lives. So I think that's a, a wonderful points that you've made. How about for the, the spouse? You mentioned the spouse, uh, say it's a husband or even maybe a wife, who knows? Um, what, would you have any kind of words of advice for them? Like you find out that your husband hasn't been involved in something like that. What would be something that they can do to support their spouse to be able to go in a better direction and be, as you said, healed of it? Yeah, so this is a really, really complex subject and um because it's, it's impossible i think it's impossible i mean you could be you could be the most i mean again, so you've been in the modeling industry you know i mean you could be the most beautiful woman in the world and still take it personally that your your, your spouse is is looking at all these other women perhaps right um it's impossible not to take that personally so but to, to also understand that this problem goes way beyond and way outside of of the spouse. I mean, this is a problem that existed before there was any intimacy or love in that relationship and it was carried into that relationship. Um, so just, it, it's gonna require time, counseling, talking. Um, it really, I think it requires in some, in some instances, a third party to kind of mediate so that there's an understanding of both parties that, hey, listen, um, this isn't all about you and this isn't all about you but you are together now and it's, it's clearly both of your problems now. Um, but it's a very, it's a very complex issue. I would say in the beginning, you know, the best thing you can do to support your spouse, um, the worst thing is the shame and the guilt. So, and it's easier said than done, but um, just try not to shame them, try to support them and say, you know, um, again, if, if they got caught, <laughs> it's a little more difficult to do that, right? Because then it's a question of, well, if you didn't get caught, you'd still be doing it. If they came to this conviction on their own, um, again, support, um, prayer, you know, what can I do for you? Um, the best thing, the, the, the person who um, was, was looking for can do is really find a support network. Um, that's something I can connect them with. I, I will say that your ministry um, and dealing with crisis and, and like, I, I would even point them in the direction of the, the St. Raymond Anatas, yeah. Foundation. Thank you. Point them in that direction. Absolutely. Because I've seen the resources on, on the website, which you guys do. I know we spoke at the men's conference about this. And I, I think that, um, you know, again, I, I 
my capacity is really to help, um, I, I, mainly men, but I mean, obviously women deal with this as well, um, to help the men through the, the um, recovery process. But when it comes to the family unit and the crisis the family's facing, this is where, you know, ministries such as yours might come into play, you know, where you can connect into other resources as well. Thank you. So very well said. And as you said on the last half of the show, that it, it is all about prayer to begin with. That's a good place to start. But then getting that proper support and help. And as you said, it's it's not just about the one person just getting over it, right? It's when you bring together the, the two spouses and as you said, maybe, just maybe a third party, whether it's a therapist or some kind of a support group, uh, it's, a, it's a very great place to be. Uh, and I would love it if you can share any first steps that you think the person that's watching right now, maybe they do have a problem. Who knows? I mean, we get all kinds of viewers. And as you said at the beginning of the program, especially during the pandemic, I mean, so many people, you know, there was such an increase, not only in, in alcohol or other substances, but also in the porn industry, unfortunately. So what would be that first right. step for them? You know, they're watching a show and thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I do that maybe, or maybe someone I know. Uh, where would you say that they should first reach to? Well, the very first thing, to, again, the, the addictive cycle is almost impossible to break, right? Because there's shame and then you start all over again and then you feel guilt and shame. So the, the first thing, again, it sounds trite, but admitting that you have the problem, um, being able to say it, speak it into existence, right? Like light, the Bible tells us like light disinfects. So just bring it into the light and say no more. Mark this as the day that's... This, it, it ends today. And if you're Catholic, um, a very important tool would be the rosary, right? St. Padre Pio said the greatest weapon against, um, against sin is the rosary. And my priest, Father Ed, advises men, you know, instead of reaching for the mouse, reach for the rosary beads. I think that's the, the most, and just do it. Just do it. Once a day, five decades a day doesn't matter what you did beforehand. doesn't matter what you did an hour ago, last night. Just just do it every day. Get into the habit of doing it. Hmm. I think it makes a huge difference in my life. I, I pray the rosary in the morning. That's my time, you know, prayer time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah. you know, once in a while, maybe I'll do another one. But I do think it brings us into that gospel of Christ. It helps us to walk with him. It helps us to ask the Blessed Mother to pray for us and to pray for other people. So thank right. you for bringing that up. Uh, now, tell us what's going on for you this year. I mean, there's some people that are watching. Maybe they work for a church or are involved in ministry. And you might be a great person to have them come out and talk to a men's group or a men's conference. Uh, so what are your aspirations in that regard? And I know that you can also talk about your book. If there's another book that's in the works, tell us about any of that, too. Yeah, so I'm working. I have a, a fi actually a fiction book right now in the works. Um, when I write nonfiction, I typically write fiction to get myself into the mode of writing uh, nonfiction. So over the years, I've been working on that, and I'm looking for a publisher there. And I'm also doing a book on, I told you I'm in the hospitality industry and the past years and how it's been affected. And um, kind of connect that to faith and food. And um, Brother Lawrence, actually, he was a, well, it's, it's, it's a long story, but I have a little, little bits and pieces of him in there. Um, but in terms of this year and, and speaking, so I get very busy in the spring and summer, um, being in the hospitality industry, I work for a golf club, so I'm there quite a bit, and a lot of beer brewing takes place then too. Um, but if you would like me to connect with you or your parish or your men's group, um, just reach out to me on the website, and I'd love to come out. 
I know everything's been done virtual now, but, um, you know, throughout this whole pandemic, I mean, I'll confess, I've kind of gone about my business and if someone wanted me to come to a group, I would, I would go and speak. Um, I'd rather do it in person personally, but you know, I mean, zoom works too, right? I mean, this is, this is working out really, really well today. Um, but when it comes to these type of group setting, when you're talking about such an intimate subject with, with other men, it, it's really good to do it in person. Um, so yeah, just reach out to me and I'd be happy to, you know, we can just have a conversation, connect and go from there. Very good. I hope someone does because it is a, a, an area that needs to be addressed and need, we need constantly need people working out there in the vineyard, right? Helping to people to come to the Lord and be healed. And, you know, there will always be sin in the world, right? But I mean, there are also ways that we can walk on a better path with God with our families and find that he needed healing. I wondered if you could talk a little bit too about the, uh, the children. You mentioned that sometimes as young as 10 years old that kids are being exposed and unfortunately they are you know, developing those addictions too, which is just so sad. For parents that are watching right now, would you be able to just share possibly some resources or ways that they can help avoid that, right? There's ways that they can help to avoid for their kids to getting involved with that. Yeah, I, I highly recommend Covenant Eyes is a really great resource. Um, it costs a little bit of money, but when you consider what that uh, that little that little extra layer of protection does, um, it just provides good accountability. Uh, sometimes I know as parents, it's it's hard to accept the the idea that our children might be not only exposed but then becoming dependent on something like that. Um, yeah, you know, the first thing I always tell when I talk to younger people about this, the first thing I do is I say, look, I'm sorry this happened to you. Because essentially, I mean, again, it's impossible to avoid. And it's one of those things that once you're exposed to it, it, it triggers something in your brain that just keeps coming back for more. And um, it's, it's really important to talk to your children. So I come from a generation, and this is nothing against my parents. My parents did a great job raising me to the best they could with what they had. But this speaks to my generation. My parents, we never spoke about this stuff at all in my household. Um, in the first place I was exposed to pornography was on the playground in my Catholic school, right? Uh, with the Playboy Center. So um, this is not a new problem, but it's really important that we talk to our kids. You know, I'm constantly talking to my son about, about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, not, not anything explicit, but if he makes mention of anything, right? We'll, we'll just have a conversation about it. Tell me more, you know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's great advice. And the, the world is certainly much different than it was. I know when I was younger, because there was no internet and if pornography and things like that were not uh, available the way it is today on online. So I think that's a great suggestion with covenant eyes. And in the way that you spoke about talking to your kids and letting them know sometimes we need to alert them to what's happening in the world, right? We can't pretend that it's, that doesn't exist when it does. And, and you mentioned Absolutely. even being on the Catholic school ground. So it's a wake up call, isn't it? That it's not just happening in, in specific places that we would think that it would happen. Uh, it could happen just about anywhere. So I do thank you for that. That that's a, Good to know and good to just keep our eyes and our ears, right, open to what's happening in the lives of our kids. Would you be able to, if there's anything else 
that you want to tell our audience about before this show ends. Uh, it's been wonderful to have you on this program. And I believe this is maybe only the second time on Journeys in Faith that we've talked about this topic. It is something that does need to be discussed and brought out into the open so that you can find healing. And, and as you said, we use the word addiction, but sometimes maybe the proper word for some people, not all, would be more of a dependence. And just to remember that you can turn that around and be walking in a direction toward positive things that can become a little more, then, then I guess it's not so bad if it's an addiction, right? Or a dependence right. that you're dependent more on God and prayer and, and things like that, the things that are really nourishing our souls and helping us to be healed. So was there anything else that you wanted to say before we end? Yeah, I mean, we all have the same 24 hours in a day and one life to live. And really, the more time we could spend doing positive, you know, good things for the Lord, I mean, that's, that's what the journey is all about. So I would, just, I would just tell any men out there that are struggling that this is every man's battle. You're not alone. Um, the best time to deal with this is right now, right? There's that old proverb, right? The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. So yesterday's already passed. So today is, is, is the best day for you to really turn away from this affliction. And there's hope. There's hope for you. And for any spouses that are dealing with this, um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. This is, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing, but you'll get through it. You'll get through it. You know, Sister Lucia said the final battle will be against the family. And we're seeing that now. I don't know where we are in the timeline of eschatology here, but we're, we're seeing the family is being attacked on so many different fronts. And this, in my opinion, is one of the greatest attacks against humanity and marriage and in general. So um, you've got quite a hill to climb, but you'll climb it because we have a God who's faithful and, and good and, and just. That's right. And he can be your best friend, and he is, and he's all of our best friend. He's there for us. That healing is there. Go to jlampart.com to connect with Jay. As I said, he is a Catholic author. He's a speaker, and he also does a lot with audio production, too. And you were mentioning our foundation. I'll also mention for people who want to get some more support for families in crisis, we offer a free pastoral consultation at nonatus.org the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation. Jay, thank you so much for joining me and all of us on Journeys in Faith. Thanks, Anne. It was a real pleasure to be here with you today. God bless everyone. We'll see you here next week on Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.